Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class. Today's Bible class is a short Bible study every single day, seven days a week. Only about 13 minutes or so in length, but it keeps us in God's Word, and that helps us to stay strong in our faith, because faith comes by hearing the Word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. It also helps keep us focused on our relationship with God, upon our soul's salvation. Help people in your life you know and others you may not know very well, but help them by sharing these short studies through Facebook friends, text messages, other technological means, with your family members, friends, work associates, neighbors, with literally everybody you can. You may help somebody turn their life around, and you may help somebody ultimately get to heaven. What a great blessing for them, but it will also be a great blessing for you. So make that commitment today and start sharing today and every day with everybody you can. We're going to get back into our new line of thought and study that we began last time, uh, talking about some things you might not know about God. Hmm. Well, virtually everybody who would be listening to this particular podcast would say, well, I, I believe in God, but we don't really know the fullness of what we would like to know about God, do we? And that, you know, that's the way the scriptures are written. When we think about a human being, whether it's a journalist or whether somebody who writes novels or historical books or whatever it might be, when we write as human beings, oh my, we go into detail, don't we? There's one particular author whom, uh, or whose books I have read a number of times, and there are times when I'm wading through some of those details that I think, yeah, you are just getting too deep too detailed in the information that you're putting out here. You don't need to go through all of that. Just cover the basics, kind of the fundamentals, and then let's go on with the what is the real thrust of the story you're trying to get across. But see, that's the way we are with human beings. If we're writing about some celebrity, we talk about the clothes they wear, the shoes they have, how their hair looks. We talk about, you know, uh, how they conduct themselves and whether they smile or not and how they speak and all. We just go into all kinds of detail. I remember what John the Apostle wrote as he was closing out the gospel account according to John. And he he talked about the brevity with which God guided him to write the account of Jesus during his years upon this earth, particularly during his just about three years of public ministry. That's just about all that John covered in those 21 chapters of the gospel account according to John. And so in the last two verses of the last chapter, he wrote, this is the disciple who testifies of these things and wrote these things, and we know that his testimony is true. He's talking about himself because he walked with Jesus personally. And there are also many other things that Jesus did, John writes, which if they were written one by one, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. Amen. Well, John was using purposeful hyperbole, purposeful exaggeration there to get across the point that Jesus did so many things, so many works. He taught so many people that John said, if I wrote down every one of them, I suppose you know, the, the world could not contain all the books. Well, again, purposeful exaggeration for the sake of emphasis. 
But what John gets across there is that God guided him to write the essentials, what we need to know to lead us to faith in and obedience to Christ as God the Son, our Lord and Savior. Well, so when we see the brevity of the scriptures just giving us the essentials, that is a very strong proof within itself that the Bible was not written by men who just made it all up on their own, but rather God guided those writers through, through the Holy Spirit to write just what he wanted them to write, just the details that God deemed were necessary to lead us to faith in him and in Christ. Well, we don't know everything about God. We know the essentials. We know what we need to know to be able to have faith in God and in Christ and in the Holy Spirit. Well, in this particular study, we're, we're talking about some things that we might not know about God, but that to some extent, at least, are revealed to us. In this particular first question we want to look at, do you think God ever hurts? Do you think he's ever in any kind of pain or grief? Hmm, probably don't think about that much, do we? And yet, we read this in Jeremiah chapter 8 and verse, I'm, I'm sorry, let, let me begin with Genesis chapter 6 and verse 6, just for the sake of the period in time that came first. This is, the, this is a chapter that begins the account of God coming to the determination that he was going to destroy mankind from the face of the earth because mankind had almost exclusively become so wicked that God deemed it was time to bring man to an end. Now, the lone, the lone exception was Noah and his family, just eight precious souls. Noah was found righteous in the eyes of God. But the scripture text tells us repeatedly that mankind, other than Noah and his family, had become wicked, corrupt. In fact, it says the thoughts and intents of his heart, that is, the heart of mankind, had become only, only evil continually. And so Genesis 6 and verse 6 says, speaking of God, he was grieved in his heart. He was grieved in his heart. And the Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth. But that depicts hurt on the part of God, doesn't it? Grief, in fact, it says he was grieved in his heart. In Jeremiah chapter 8 and verse 21, talking about the state of Israel at that time, and so we're talking about, oh, <laughs> uh, over a thousand years later, and Israel had become, had become again, corrupt, and wicked, and they had turned to the worship of idols, and God was going to bring punishment upon them. He was going to bring judgment upon them, and it was going to cause Israel a great deal of pain and suffering. But it wasn't just Israel who was going to be in pain, who was going to hurt over the situation, over their unfaithfulness. Jeremiah the prophet wrote this, for the hurt of the daughter of my people 
for the hurt of the daughter of my people. I am hurt. I am mourning. Astonishment has taken hold of me. Jeremiah is writing those emotions, those feelings, that hurt on the part of God for the people of Israel. Hmm. God does hurt, doesn't he, at times, on our behalf. Now, while on earth we read of Jesus weeping, he wept for his friends, Mary and Martha, the sisters of Lazarus, Lazarus having died. The shortest verse in the entire New Testament, John 11 and verse 35, Jesus wept. Now, why do we weep? Usually it's because we hurt emotionally. While Jesus was still fully divine upon this earth, during the 33 years or so that he lived upon this earth in physical form, he still was fully human at the same time. He experienced the emotions that we experience. If he stubbed his toe, I mean, it, it would have hurt. But it's not just at that particular time that we see Jesus hurting emotionally. And Jesus is God the Son. In Matthew chapter 23, beginning with verse 37, we read of Jesus lamenting, and that is hurting emotionally over the people of Israel, the Jews, because they had by and large rejected him as the Savior. He was sent to save them from their sins, and they rejected him. In verse 37 of Matthew chapter 23, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her. How often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. See, your house is left to you desolate. In the next chapter, he prophesies of the total, absolute destruction of the city of Jerusalem, and that was simply representative of the nation of Israel as a whole. Jesus hurt for them. When we look at Luke's account of this lamenting on the part of our Lord for the Jews, in Luke chapter 19 and verse 41, as he drew near, he saw the city and wept over it. He wept. He cried over the city of Jerusalem, over the people of Israel, because of their lack of faith and their disobedience, saying, if you had known, even you, especially in this your day, the things that make for your peace, oh, but now you are hit, they are hidden from your eyes. For the days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment around you, surround you, and close you in on every side. Within less than 30 years, the Roman army would lay siege to the city of Jerusalem and level you and your children within you to the ground, 
and they will not leave in you one stone upon another, because you did not know the time of your visitation. God would let Israel be destroyed as a nation because they rejected the Savior. And the city of Jerusalem would be, would be literally destroyed. Jesus describes it here as not one stone left upon another. Oh, he lamented over the people. He lamented over Israel. My, my. In chapter 22, Luke chapter 22, and beginning with verse 42, notice again what we read along this line of Jesus hurting for the people of Israel. Father, if it is your will, take this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Then an angel appeared to him from heaven, strengthening him. And being in agony, in agony, he prayed more earnestly then his sweat became like great drops of blood falling to the ground. He was in Gethsemane. That night he would be taken prisoner by the instigation of the Jews and crucified the next day. Great drops of blood rose from the pores of his skin. He prayed in agony. He was, going, he was their Savior. He would die on the cross for them. But most of them would reject him. Does God hurt? Yes, God hurts on occasion. And for the reasons that we would look at and say, well, yeah, that makes sense. He hurts for the people whom he created in his image, but who do not walk with him. Let's pray. Father, thank you for loving us so much. Please be patient with us. Give us time to come to our senses and repent and turn to you through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, your Son. And please, Father, we pray. Please forgive us and hear our prayer in Christ's name. Amen.